one group of friends. No idea. One big dream. From the loos to the booze to the cues. What goes into making a festival happen? Can we pull it off? Welcome to How to Build a Festival. Hi everyone and welcome back to How to Build a Festival. I am back here today with Ross and Rachel. Hi both of you and welcome back Rachel, first podcast of the year for you. Hi, thanks for having me back. Just about. Well. <laughs> Great. No, we, we missed you. Um, so as ever, we'll kick off by sort of talking a little bit about um, what we've been up to since we last recorded. Um, for me, that's pretty quick. I haven't really been to anything. I've been pretty busy, but um, I believe you guys have seen a few bands. So what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, Rachel made me go and see jazz. So uh, maybe Rachel <laughs> Rach can introduce that one. She'll probably be more enthusiastic about it than I would. There is a first time for everything. I know. Can you believe it? As a Valentine's present, Russ uh, came to me with me to a jazz gig. Um, it was a band called Corto Alto. They're from Glasgow. Um, they seem to kind of start making music from sort of 2019 onwards, which was when their first tracks were on Spotify. Um, and Kat, this is one for you, you and your husband. There's pictures of them bagging Munro's on their Instagram as well back in 2019. Oh really? There you go. Used to be now they're into jazz. (laughs) Very romantic though. What a lovely romantic evening. Um, was it good? It was romantic. It was also very romantic. It was a like a a friend, like a Galentine's day too, because uh, some of. Uh, our friends were there as well. Um, so they saw um, Corto Alto at Green Man um, in 2023 um, on the Chippewa Wallace stage. Um, and it was like a clash, so we missed them. Um, but we saw them at King's Place um, near King's Cross, which I'll get Ross to talk about the venue in a minute. Um, and they're just kind of on a bit of a UK tour and they're doing some dates in March and April in Europe. And then lots of festivals, kind of many jazz ones, but lots of festivals through summer. I thought they were brilliant. Um, they're they're kind of like they're not kind of traditional pure jazz. They're kind of a mixture of like kind of hip hop, breakbeats. Like there's there's a real kind of mixture of stuff in there. And I thought all of the musicians were amazing. I really thought the drummer was great. Um, but the kind of I guess the the lead guy Liam, he's kind of like multi instrumentalist. He's you can just see you know when you watch someone, you're like you genuinely like are the music, like you love the music. So just to kind of see them all enjoying themselves and kind of you know performing was was I really I really loved it Russ what do you think of the uh, the venue and the jazz um like jazz jazz is not necessarily for me but um they were some supremely talented individuals so yeah I, I did enjoy it I'm not going to be um doing doing jazz every week but good on them they were brilliant um I, I don't know is Corto Alto is it a band or is it is it Liam and his mates as about his band i don't know it was very good the interplay between him and the drummer was fantastic i think there's sort of like multiple versions and lineups i think sean said when um they saw them in at Greenman, they had quite kind of a bigger lineup so there was just mm-hmm. the four of them but um yeah i think i think it's the i think liam the main guy is the kind of the brainchild but yeah everyone else was absolutely amazing yeah, um, it's, anyone wants to give them a listen, I think Slope is my favourite song of, of Corto Alto. Um, the venue, what was it, King's Place? It's kind of a conference centre or a school hall, <laughs> really weird. 
Uh, I did like, however, the fact that the uh, bar was outside of in a, in a different room, so you didn't have any background chatter, which um, wouldn't have enhanced the jazz. So, yeah, uh, but that does give school hall vibes, doesn't it? Yeah, like totally. having to go out to a separate room to get a drink. Yeah, yeah. complete with like kind of faux wooden floors and large, like really long dark curtains as well. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Was, yeah, and it was like kind of walking into a hotel at the start. Weird, weird vibes. <laughs> All right. And uh, then I also think you guys went to see Le Savvy Fab, which um, we were hoping to get to, but we weren't able to attend um, because you raved about them so much at Green Man. Um, and then the next morning you raved about them again on WhatsApp. So I'm pretty sure I know what you're <laughs> going to say here, but, um, <laughs> but how was that? Can we start with the venue? Uh, that was <laughs> Electric Ballroom in Camden, which is a venue I really like. I, I feel like I'm uh, often digging out venues for various reasons on this. Uh, what a brilliant venue. The sound in there every time I go is is terrific, top draw. Uh, and the layout enabled uh, Tim Harrington to get up the stairs and dangle off the edge of the balcony as well. So, um, yeah, brilliant <laughs> stuff. And while catching a microphone and then carrying on singing, which was the absolute highlight. Yeah, they're, they're kind of... They're not a brilliantly well-known band. They're definitely a cult band. They've been around 30 years. Um, they're kind of somewhere in the Venn diagram of like the Strokes, Block Party, LCD Sound System. There's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there, but they're brilliant, brilliant musicians. They have great songs to back it up. And the front man is just like, you can tell he's just, it's almost like he's just trying to make himself laugh or just entertain himself throughout the gig, which I think he's kind of said in the past as well. It's just um, any any opportunity anyone gets to go and see them, uh, absolutely should do that. Yeah, I absolutely will as soon as we can. Yeah. It wasn't really a performance. It was like an experience. Um, and I think at one point he said kind of like, you know, we're all in this together. It's a big and literally were because he was barely out of the crowd. And at the end, this is my favourite bit. He um, like ran through the crowd to the front of the venue, like when everyone was leaving, like saying thanks for coming, everyone, and like hugging people. And I got, I mean, I I had a high five mainly because he was very sweaty. Um, but Ross actually missed the moment for posterity, so he's got like the post high five. So I'm a little bit sad that. about that, but yeah, that was interesting. I mean, that's like. I feel like that's not that high of an effort thing to do. I've never actually seen anyone do that before. Like go and thank people on the way out. It costs nothing. And actually it like really made people feel like they cared that people came out to see them. And that, that was quite interesting to me. Yeah, that's uh have you, I've told you before surely that I've um, high fived the lead singer of Maximo Park. No, no. That's my, no, one of my big came to What's his name? Paul Smith. Yeah. I think it's Paul Smith. Yeah, what a Maybe, name for a lead singer. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. But, yeah. I just said, uh, yeah. yeah, no. When I was in front row at Reading Festival 2010, I was I waited in the front row at Reading Festival for like eight hours to be in the front row of the Arctic Monkeys, which I was, which is my real like, um, you know, big musical feat in my whole life, really. Um, but whilst there, I also saw Maximo Park and he high-fived all the front row. So, yeah. Um, but no, it's not something they frequently do, is it? Like, come into the crowd. I guess it's, you know, it can be difficult, right? So, um, that sounds amazing. So, definitely um, one to see if you're at festivals. Do you know if they're sure, playing again They have soon? just announced that, I think yesterday, that they're releasing a new album, which is the first album in, like, ten years. So, we've basically inspired them to write a new album. <laughs> 
Very good. Fingers crossed <laughs> for uh, fingers crossed for a tour and and festivals from Les Savy Fav. Which kind of like neatly leads on, I guess, to uh, festival conversations. Um, so I think we probably both seen the article in The Guardian this week talking about how nine festivals now um, after Standen will either be permanently closing or postponing this year due to the ongoing cost of living crisis. So that's reassuring um, and really great in terms of what we're trying to do. Um, any immediate thoughts on that from you guys? I mean, I, I don't know if we learned anything new from it, um, other than it, it continues to be really a tough market. The combination of, you know, cost of living crisis, uh, meaning people have fewer disposable pounds to spend and inflation, meaning that it's more expensive to put on a festival appears to be, you know, you know although inflation is coming down a bit, it's, it's not really, um, it's not really coming through to to the festivals and and so i think there's a bit of a campaign i can't remember if it was mentioned in the article this campaign to um reduce vat on festivals which maybe we'll come come back to in a minute um but i do don't you just think i do sort of think the festival market was a bit oversaturated with a lot of festivals mm -hmm. that are doing the same thing similar stuff and and kind of not necessarily have a particularly different identity to all, all the other ones I don't know. What do you think? I, well, first of all, one of the things that I did learn from it, which was interesting, was that like you don't really get to see how much festivals actually cost very often, but they talk about actual costs in here. And so they talk about this festival, which I had never heard of, called Nostock in Herefordshire. Yeah. And they said that that cost £400,000 and has now gone up to £900,000. And that's a 5,000-person capacity event. So that's pretty scary because that's a lot of money. <laughs> So that was the first thing I thought. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, that's a huge increase. So, you know, you've got to sort of think about, well, you know, what do you do about that? Right. Like, how do they manage that? And like you say, one of the responses that sort of um, festival organisations have come up with is, well, could you cut the cost of VAT, which is a direct saving for festival makers, festival creators, provided they don't pass that cost on, which is really unusual. That's not what normally happens, right? Like normally what happens is if you make a VAT saving is that you pass that on to the consumer. So what they're saying is that they wouldn't do that, which is really strange. And I've never really, to be honest, it's really, it's an unusual way of thinking of kind of trying to support an industry. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about that. Um, it's not impossible, but it's just, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a really strange and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure the government will go for that, to be honest. Seems unlikely. I mean, I guess the whole hospitality industry would be after it. There's a lot of restaurants going out of business and, and talking about the impact of VAT on them as well. So I don't know, but good, good luck. I, I mean, I, I hope the government or others can do something to support not just festivals, but also, um, also the consumers, because if you can't sell tickets, then the VAT will only go so far. What I would say in general, you know, is that obviously it's very difficult to kind of make economic predictions and that is very much not what we're doing on this podcast. So if you have joined for economic advice, please leave. Um, but assuming that things are about the worst they're going to get, my hope is that 
you know, if the things would slowly improve and that this is just a bad year. And that, like you say, what's really happening is that some of the festivals that maybe weren't so popular or weren't as well organised, you know, I'm sorry to say that, but maybe just some of them, you know, in terms of how you, you set things up, um, then, you know, those ones haven't haven't done as well. So it's really difficult to say. And obviously it's horrible to see, like you want all of the, these things to succeed, but it doesn't put me off too much. The actual price of it kind of does, but, you know, <laughs> well, that's a sort of separate issue that we will talk about another day. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm talking to two accountants here, so I'm going to leave the money side of things to you. Um, but I think, yeah, like you say, hopefully there'll be sort of some support, especially for like festivals. And we've talked before about gig venues as well and like how they're really struggling. I think probably, you know, some of it, I think the margins are quite small. Um, and I think there's probably, yeah, like that kind of um, that massive cost increase. Like you just can't, I guess you can't manage that with your with kind of you know the costs and the margins so li- listen to me trying to talk like an accountant um so yeah please don't call me an accountant Rachel I'm trying to pretend I'm cool here okay um, so. <laughs> all right so on more positive news then um festivals are happening and that we are going to which um so far I think just all three of us that includes Green Man um the lineup is coming out this week uh so potentially by the time you hear this podcast the lineup will be out so you can check our predictions against the reality um but what do you guys think so what's your predictions for for green man lineup uh 2024 i'm not going to say fy24 this time <laughs> see well done me <laughs> i know what year i'm in <laughs> rachel what do you want to say at green man this year well i am terrible at green man predictions because um usually half the time I don't know who's in the lineup and I kind of find my little gems from listening to the lineup I I was wondering about Decemberists because the Decemberists because they're coming over for all points east but I'm not sure if the timings quite work um I mean I always hope that kind of like you know people like the Bar Brothers or the Yvette Brothers or, or people like that would come over that's like a little a little hope um but I think probably unlikely um i don't know i mean i always want to see melon melon there because i love them and the welsh um i don't know i'm quite i'm i mean i presume cmat will be there because she's at every festival in the world this summer which is great for her um but yeah i don't know what do you guys think so uh, i mean on the first podcast we did i said i always look for decemberists on every lineup and i know they're never <laughs> going to be there and uh they're, yeah, they're on all points east. They haven't got any other dates in the UK, but we know the end of the road lineup and not on that. I think there's a very good chance they'll be headlining one of the days at Green Man. And, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, very high hopes. I don't know how much of it's just because I really want them to be there, but we have seen quite good crossover between all points east and Green Man in the past. So yeah, I, I have high hopes for that one. Kat, I spoke to your husband about this and he was, uh, to say slightly sceptical would be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I think I am as well, actually. Although the only thing that's making me think you might be right is that they have released their US tour dates and they haven't released their European tour dates. And I'm assuming they are going to do some European tour dates. So they're not only coming over here to do all points east. So my thought is, are they doing that? You know, are they going to release that? sort of at the same time like to to be in line with like festival lineups that they're going to be on which is a potential um but 
I I don't know. Um, you know that they don't play that much. They just don't. They don't. Um, as well, they do in the US, but they don't play that much over here. Um, but it would be obviously that would be amazing. Uh, Avet Brothers is always a dream. Um, I agree with you on CMAT. I think CMAT should be there. Um, I really hope so anyway, because you know I'm not seeing it at any of all these other festivals you're going to. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would I would like to to see to see that. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just I can't see them coming all the way over here just to subheadline um, the postal service at all points east for a day. Surely, surely they're doing something else while they're over here. Yeah, maybe. Nice, but of course, so. we'll have the standard green So I assume yeah. Mogwai will be there. Mogwai. You know. <laughs> I so I've been. Um, I'm on a couple of online forums that I follow, and this the amount Ooh. of. <laughs> effort people go into to figure out what's gonna what's gonna be happening each festival is uh i, I love it it's one of my favorite how, parts. how accurate would you say that they yeah. are at predicting well we will find out so um so one of the bit so december seems to be quite commonly um commonly agreed on the other one that seemed two that seem to be absolutely nailed on so i'll, I'll give you the the level of depth that this uh the these are getting to so so big thief we know they're in gunnersbury park supporting pj Ooh. harvey the week before they were booked to headline under the road when they cancelled for covid and um uh, and so the only logical reason for the fact that that they're not on the end of the road lineup this year. They're in the area and they haven't got any book dates booked that weekend is that they're headlining Green Man. So I think that one seems to be uh, commonly accepted to be what's known as a shoe-in. Um, and then OCs, again, have a um, again a relationship with Green Man Festival and um, it seems to fit their tour dates and they're not at any of the other festivals around. My other ones... I think Maribu State are probably going to be there, which would be massive for me because it's probably missing them. A couple of years ago was one of my big, big regrets when they were, I think they were moved by the festival to a 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. slot and that was yeah. too much for me yeah. the day I'd had. I've um, never heard the end of that. Although they are, at the minute though, they're, um, they, they are doing some dates, but it's only like DJ sets. So they've got live sets booked at other festivals in the kind of the week either side of of Green Man, so I reckon there's a chance. I do think there's a chance. So that the I better drink lots of coffee that day then. Well, <laughs> hopefully they'll be headlining that day. Um, and then I don't know. I hope for I hope to see Wonder Horse back at, at Green Man on a bigger stage and Gossip are at uh, All Points East. Um, I don't know about their tour dates, but I think that would be an interesting one for the headlining the tent. Mm. So we'll see. I mean, like the um, yeah, the e festivals, the Discord server, oof festivals. I think it is. I don't know how you say it. And and um, the various WhatsApp groups. <laughs> Just I really enjoy following people's predictions. Yeah, I know that's uh, definitely okay. Well, this is really interesting now. So we're gonna have to wait and see on Friday, and we will report back next week to um, let you know. We can mark not just my, but uh, other people's deductions out of ten. <laughs> I'm blaming you for all of them at this point. So. <laughs> okay, so we do talk enough about Green Man. Uh, what else have we got? Kat, we talked last time about uh, I've been getting carried away buying tickets. Have you found something that kind of jumped out at you as well? 
I have. So, and I've been looking for a little while actually, because nothing's really grabbed me this um, this year so far. But um, I think we're going to book uh, Malta Weekender, which is in September run by Liam Gallagher and friends, which just makes it sound like Liam Gallagher's literally organised it himself. And if yeah. Liam Gallagher's set up a festival, then surely we can. <laughs> I'd like to meet Liam Gallagher's friends. <laughs> uh, I love Liam Gallagher, as you know. Um, so, yeah, so um, Liam Frey is playing, which is interesting. Um, Solo. Uh, sorry? Solo. Yeah, apparently. I don't know exactly yeah. what that would look like, but, you know, I assume just him playing yeah <laughs> we'll see. does we'll he see. have like solo albums or is he Not just giving the band there. a year off interesting yeah, maybe. yeah uh blossoms jamie webster jake bug who um my husband's seen i think more time than anyone else uh yeah the merry wallopers it looks pretty good so oh the view i haven't ever seen the view or if i have i don't remember it so don't tell me now because this always happens i say i've never seen a band and then ross tells me about a time when we've seen them so <laughs> i think we might have seen them at tea in the park Maybe, but from a distance. Yeah, I'm not sure that counts. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, I think, and also I've never been to Malta, um, so I think that would just be quite cool. And, you know, I'm a fair weather, fair weather girl, so I do like a sunny festival. I see it rain now every the whole weekend that we're yeah. there. But um, it's an interesting one because it's kind of a bit like the festival we went to in Brighton. It's, it's not at one venue. It's, like, spread out throughout the kind of, city yeah yeah um, i think i read they were building like a stage as well or a couple of stages for it like especially so yeah so that'll be fun um so yeah hopefully we're gonna get to that and malta yeah. is very fair weather it's like warm and sunny all year round we went in november it's really yeah really lovely really lovely venue let's yeah. hope liam gallagher and friends don't ruin it <laughs> so do you reckon so they're they're putting up outdoor stages presumably i don't know surely malta doesn't have gig venues big enough for liam gallagher and i think some of the smaller ones will be in kind of bars and clubs yeah. and then yeah they're building a couple of stages for the other the bigger bands so yeah yeah interesting i did like the look of that lineup looks really really fun um yeah that, that's a good one and if you can't get fair weather in malta then you've really got a problem Exactly. Well, I'm sure that Liam Gallagher will have thought of all of the logistics. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Try and get him on. Um, so, but that's uh, that'd be interesting. So they're going to make that work around the city. I was thinking. I had an idea, guys. It, okay. It okay. Here we go. Um, so you know, we've got the the beer, the kind of all the breweries near us. This sort of they call it the beer mile, yes. Yes. Um, and they're kind of there's about eight or nine I think they're spread over a space of I guess approximately a mile. Um, I was thinking maybe we could kind of get in touch with three or four of them and see if we could hire the whole area and have like some of them has got space that you could have small gigs inside and there is a whole big outside space where you could have a slightly bigger stage there's like loads of space for food stalls but they've also already got like all the amenities and and whatnot there already i know they do have stuff on but they're also all available for hire as well um so yeah that was wandering around there the other day and kind of uh i don't know getting getting Thinking alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> getting myself into that idea i don't know what what do you think i think that's an amazing idea yeah i absolutely love it love going there um we've tried to did we do what, all the 
all of the BMR once? No. Uh, who, who could say? I think Russ quite remembers it. Yeah, that was a good ending for you, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but we did it. Was it for our birthdays, Rach? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's, yeah, it's really cool. I think that would be an incredible place to, to host something plus pretty central for people to get to. So definitely something we can look into, I think. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to test the water with them. I haven't, I mean, this may be, this idea may be dead in a week because I haven't tried, I haven't tested it with them, any of them at all, but we'll see. Well, I think as a principle of an idea, it's, yeah, it was definitely something to look into. And I think, you know, we've heard back from a couple of venues, right, over this week, but nothing that we're really excited by. So that would be a really good sort of thing to consider as a sort of quite different kind of experience. Um, and plus, you know, really good drinks. They do sell wine for any of you worrying because, you know, that's why I was there. Obviously, I wasn't drinking well. Um, cool. Um, yeah, I think that would be a really, really good thing to look into. Can I, I want to give a shout out before we finish, um, ran into some brand new bands, not like physically, but <laughs> came <laughs> across them. you were running around the beer mile. <laughs> <laughs> just ran they into were, some bands and they were, just yeah. to you. They were there waiting for us to book them for our festival. Um, so uh, I'm going to quickly run through these. So, so a band called The Duels, uh, who are kind of like, uh, I don't know, I'd call them similar to like a slow club who I used to be obsessed by when they were around Bell and Sebastian type, uh, type vibe. They've just released their first song. Um, it's yeah, very jaunty folk music. Absolutely loved it with a, a male and female singer. I'm a sucker for a, a duet. Oh, so, Rossi, you, you love. <laughs> Yeah. How do you um, spell that? Like the heavy, heavy, the heavy, heavy. Yeah. I did like the heavy, heavy. Yeah. So, what did you take up? How do you spell that? It's D O O L E S. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've put it on our playlist for 2024 as well. Um, second one, a band from Nottingham called Express Office Portico. Um, I've listened to a few of their songs. They're kind of it's kind of synthy pop. Some of it sounds a bit like Fleetwood Mac, um, but there's all sorts in there. Again, really interesting. They've got a bit more on. They've got, uh, I think they've got an album even. Um, and then a, a folk band called Morgan Way, which they put, a, they've got like three or four albums up now, but that's very folky Americana, the kind of stuff that we, um, we like, but we don't get to hear much of anymore. So, I wanted to shout those three out. They're all now on the playlist. Um, and finally one called Slow Readers Club, who are a bit more famous. They've got millions of, of listens on Spotify, but a bit more kind of eighties, eighties vibes from, for them. So I, I think there's a fairly good chance we'll run into Slow Readers Club at one of our festivals this year. But again, it would be looking forward to that. I'm a bit worried about all this running into people. It sounds kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah, it does. Um, I would actually also like to do a quick shout out to um Ellie Bleach, who I have really enjoyed listening to. Um, how kind of CMAT vibes. Mm. So if you're into CMAT, if you've listened to CMAT via our podcast, then go and give her a listen. Um, again, I really hope she's on the festival circuit this year. I think I've seen she's playing a couple of ones that I'm not going to, but hopefully she's on some of the ones that I am. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, she's not on the playlist because I'm not as organised as Ross, but I will add her a couple of songs from her on there as well. 
Good stuff. We're and add Corto Alto to the playlist as well as we were talking about them earlier. Corto Alto. Good stuff. And, and did you know it's now, uh, this is via X slash Twitter, the Glasto thingy Twitter account. This is now the longest ever since whatever the records began were that Glastonbury hasn't made a single announcement for its lineup. Um, so when oh. that, when that poster arrives in the next few days, it'll be the latest announcement ever. Wow. Maybe they just don't know. <laughs> I mean, there seems to be quite a lot of kind of rumours flying around about different names and, you know, so maybe there is, there are some things still to, to nail down. Well, they lost Madonna, didn't they? Apparently. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it because I can't go. So, you know, you guys can speculate without me. No, I'm not. It's no. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Kat, are you coming to the bees tomorrow or not? Um, I'm not, I don't think. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on the podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got a lot on. Ross, you love the bees. You're, you're the, I think you are the number one bees fan. I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm coming because I'm obliged contractually to come. I haven't fully decided. I, I, I don't really want to see the bees. I want to see Ross see the bees because I want to see Ross's excitement watching the bees. But, um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I watch this space. We'll see. That makes it sound like it's really high in demand for me to go yes. and see the bees. It's not. It's they don't care. I'm promising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, any, have we got anything else we need to talk about tonight? Any final thoughts? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, okay, so Ross, you're going to do some more research into, you know, potential BMR venues. Yeah. Um, I'll add a song to the playlist. Rachel, thanks for showing up. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks, everyone. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Please do go check out our playlist. Uh, huge thank you again to uh, Anto Tony Flags Music on Instagram um, for our music um, and to Glenn for our artwork. Um, and we will speak to you next time.